0: Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank member FDIC.
1: The following podcast is a
0: Dear Media production. Welcome to the Blonde Files podcast. I'm your host, Arielle Laurie, and I'm here to talk all things wellness. From how to achieve optimal health and well-being to the best beauty tips and everything in between, no topic is off limits. I know there's so much information out there, so I'm bringing on expert guests and sharing my own experiences to help you sift through all the wellness stuff without the BS. Enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. Welcome to an episode that I have wanted to do for such a long time. You will hear me, I believe, in the beginning of this episode, talk to my guest about how she's always been on my list of people that I've really wanted to talk to. So of course, since you clicked on the episode, you saw that my guest is Emily Morse. So a little bit about Emily. If you're not familiar with her, which I'm sure you are, she has hosted the number one relationship podcast Sex with Emily for nearly two decades. I didn't even know what a podcast was six years ago. So two decades is mind-blowing to me. And she's been hailed the Dr. Ruth of a new generation by the New York Times. So she really encourages us to embrace sex as an act of wellness, which we talk about in the episode. We also talk about how at 35, she decided that she was sick of living in a sexual straitjacket. So instead of depending on a partner to fulfill her needs, she committed to exploring and explaining what turned her on. And since then, she has inspired her vast audience to join her on a journey of liberation. So she has a new book out as well called Smart Sex. I was lucky enough to read it before the interview. I recommend it to anybody. She introduces a radical paradigm called sexual intelligence. So sex IQ, and we talk about that in the episode as well. So she classifies it into five pillars, embodiment, health, collaboration, self-knowledge, and self- acceptance. And she creates a framework for how to re-educate yourself about pleasure. And she is just so fun to talk to. And I know we're like not supposed to talk about people's appearance or like body or (laughs) I don't know, but she's this tiny little thing, but she's such a powerhouse and she is so incredibly smart. And she makes the topic of sex, which can often be taboo and is kind of filled with shame for a lot of people and really uncomfortable, really fun and easy to talk about. So she has been profiled in the New York Times, Forbes, and Men's Health. She's been featured by the Today Show, Conan, Entertainment Tonight, Glamour, Cosmopolitan, Bustle. And today she joins the esteemed Blonde Files podcast to Talk about, like I said, her book and what makes and keeps sex great. So, we talk about what people get wrong about sex, how to have better sex, how to maintain good sex in long term relationships. We talk about that sex IQ, the sexual intelligence, how to communicate about sex, how to remove shame. And she also explains how to navigate differing sex drives within a relationship. We talk about whether bad sex should be a deal breaker why sexual health is an integral part of overall wellness. We talk rebranding anal sex, favorite sex toys, and so much more. Everyone loves talking about sex, so I think you'll (laughs) love this episode. Please enjoy Emily Morse. Welcome, Emily. Thank you for having me. Can I just say that I've been doing this podcast for four years, not as long as you. You've been doing like two decades, right? Almost two decades, yeah. I didn't even know there were podcasts. I know. Exactly. Two decades ago, but that's an aside. <laughs> no one does. Um, but I remember like when I made my master list of people that I wanted to come on, you were one of those people. And then again, like at the beginning of last year, I had another list of people I wanted to come on and then I just never reached out. And mm. then you have this book coming out and here you are. Ah, so Thank you for having me. Very excited to have you here and to talk to you. Before we start talking about your new book and everything that that encompasses, I would just like to talk about your story a little bit, which you do share in the beginning of the book. Yeah. Which is basically that at like 35, you realized that you had never had an orgasm. Is that right? With the partner. Yeah. Okay. I've been basically faking them. Mm -hmm. And you and it changed the whole trajectory of your life, obviously. So (laughs) can you tell us a little bit about that? I will
1: tell you the whole story. Yeah. So there I was having, you know, I was never a traditional relationship person i realized that i would get into relationships and the sex wouldn't be that great after a while and and this was almost two decades ago so there wasn't a lot of information out there about sex and relationships and dating or anything like that and i just thought i really don't want to fake this anymore there's got to be a better way to understanding my pleasure and my body and i thought like why you know it seems like my partner's always having a good time and i used to define great like if if sex was good or it was success i was like well they had a good time. My partner had an orgasm. And so I started this podcast really just interviewing people about their sex lives and their relationships because I was like, well, I must be missing something. What am I? What else is out there? And it turned out that nobody really had the answers and everyone was looking for, for it. So I thought this is going to be my path and my journey. And I started asking, I started doing the podcast and then I went back to grad school and got a doctorate in human sexuality. And ever since then, I've been, you know, doing the show and a lot of different things to help people, a lot of different educational tools to help people feel safer, more comfortable and get rid of all the stress and the trauma and the shame that's keeping us back from pleasure. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of
0: misinformation out there. So I try to get people to unlearn and relearn mm-hmm. sexuality. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask, what do you think is the biggest thing that people get wrong about sex? But I'm sure there's so much. There's so many, but I think the biggest thing. That, that okay
1: let's talk about women I mm-hmm. think that women think that every time they have sex they should have an orgasm during penetration and I would say that that's the one thing that I can't I mean I wish I could hire I wish I could put a billboard at sunset and just be like 30 70% of women will have an orgasm will, will not have an orgasm during penetration so I think just knowing that we are responsible for our own pleasure it's not our partners and we have to be our own best advocates for pleasure mm-hmm. and that starts with learning our own bodies mm-hmm. And communication, right? Communication <laughs> is a lubrication. Yes. You know, we don't, yeah, we don't talk about sex and we just expect, I don't know about you, but I used to expect that my partner would be a mind reader and that they would just show up knowing exactly what to do for my body. I had this notion that men got chipped off to some secret school where they were like learning and they're like, someone was like holding up a, like a graph of the clitoris and the pleasure or like an image and they would know and it turns out they don't know. So we really have to be our own best, best advocates. Yeah. That's what I thought. I thought that my partner would be a mind reader and no. So I've learned that I've had to learn to talk about sex. But here's the challenge is that most of us are terrified talking about sex. And the majority of people in long-term relationships don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Did we have sex? Should we have sex? But that's about it. But there's so many more layers to it. So I really try to make talking about sex less awkward. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of what I do. I can give a million tips. I can help anyone have better (laughs) sex. But I know that like it all starts with having like a
0: converse, few conversations about it. Mm-hmm. When did you start having better sex? Is it right from <sighs> I the beginning?
1: Right at the beginning, right at the beginning, when I realized that like all the stuff that I was doing, like didn't, I didn't have to do it. And I started learning about my own body and my own pleasure. My sex got so much better. I started learning to advocate for myself and just being real. We're like, we make sex so awkward to talk about. So now I'm just like, I talk about Everything, with my partner and I, I normalize the conversations with them, and so because I can have better conversations, my sex is way better and getting better all the time. And for me, like what does great sex looks like? Look like it's so different for everybody, but for me, it's about like connection. My whole body's on board with it. I'm not like in my head, worried about work or worried about something else, and I'm present and you know, I'm going to go play with my partner. And so that's what great sex is. It's mm-hmm. at the right time and the right place. And I know how to kind of make that happen.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of people listening are like, yeah, that's great in the beginning of a relationship. But then the honeymoon phase <laughs> is over. You're in a long-term relationship and that kind of dies out. So what would you say okay. to that? I mean, how do you maintain that throughout, you know, the entirety of a relationship? Oh, it's such a good question. And, and to be honest, one of the reasons why I started the show Initially, it was because I'm like,
1: I kept getting into relationships with people where the honeymoon phase was amazing, six months to two years, and then it wasn't. I was like, oh, well, clearly we need to get out of this relationship because you can't, the sex isn't great. Like, I can't have sex with one person where it's not great. So I want to just normalize that for people and say that, like, in every relationship, it's, you're never going to go back to how it was at the beginning. It's just not possible because we have these like hormones, these feel good hormones are like, flying off in our brain and and literally you look at the brainwave patterns of somebody on cocaine and somebody falling in love and it's the same so that's a drug Mm -hmm. that's what's happening it's (laughs) not gonna continue and so what i so how you maintain that and how you continue to have connected incredible sex is to number one talk about it what when do we want to have sex when does it feel good to have sex? How many times a week should we have sex? Like, you really have to schedule it like you do. Like, my mission is to get people to prioritize their pleasure and prioritize their intimacy like you do your meditation workout, like your workouts, your meditation, your nutrition. Because sex isn't going to magically happen every more, anymore after the beginning. It's not going to be great. So couples need to, like, have conversations about it. When is the right time of day for us to have sex? What, what kind of sex are we into? What needs to happen for that sex to, to, like for me, I've learned the things that are like my stress, my sex killers. And that's like stress, trauma, I talk about the bug is pleasure, Mm -hmm. trauma, This this the, the pleasure thieves. There's so much that is keeping us from pleasure every day. So I was like, I walk into the house, if it's cold, it's a mess, there's dishes in the sink, I'm annoyed with my partner, like all these things I just know, like if it's important to me. I need to get all these things in order so we can connect sexually. So I think that how to keep it hot is to talk about it. And the other thing is and to communicate about it, figure out what's stealing your pleasure. And then also figure out when when is the right time to have sex and what works for you in these conversations. But also the, thing, the three things that couples crave the most are spontaneity in a relationship, like novelty mm-hmm. and variety. So mm-hmm. how do you, and it could just be, we're not going to have sex in the bedroom tonight. We're going to have sex in the living room or we're going to use a different kind of lube or we're going to talk dirty or we're going to role play. I mean, something different. It doesn't have to be so extreme, but those are some of the elements that I think we can get started on. Mm-hmm. Couples can get started on.
0: I was going to say newness. I mean, I think it's probably c- cliche, but if you think about people who end up cheating or whatever, it's because they are craving that novelty and that spontane- spontaneity. I would imagine that they're not getting in their relationship, but I think it's, You know, people think about talking about sex scheduling sex, yeah. you know, all of these things as like kind of the antithesis of sexiness. <laughs> right, exactly. But it's, you know what it is, you know, what's also not sexy
1: is not having sex at all yeah. <laughs> and having resentments with your partner. Mm-hmm. And so I get it. And I talk a lot about that in the book too, but like, I literally, I think the whole book could have been about communication. It could have been mm-hmm. about these tools because except for everyone wants, you know, anal sex tips, but an oral <laughs> sex tips, but really it's about scheduling sex. And I get that it's not hot, but like, you know, how like the night before you're, you're more likely to work out if you like lay out your clothes the night before or you set your alarm or you sign up for the classes sex is the same way so if you set so setting yourself up for success or I guess success success (laughs) success is is knowing that like it's never gonna happen at 10 o'clock on a Wednesday night because you're exhausted maybe you have the kids you're you just know that that you maybe you work late or whatever it is. And then knowing like, well, maybe it's Saturday afternoons for a lot of couples. And there's been studies that show that women are more likely to desire sex midday. Hmm. That's when we're more aroused or more mm-hmm. turned on. So how do we hack that? Like, how do we say, okay, well, if I know that Saturday afternoon is three o'clock, let's have that in our mind that that's when it's going to happen so that we don't have to feel bad on Wednesday night at 10 o'clock when we're just exhausted. Mm-hmm. So it's if you think about it, it might not be hot, but you're still... It kind of, you're kind of taking out all those old elements that are making you resentful and not wanting to have sex. We just set it up and then you can look forward to that. You're like, mm-hmm. I know what's happening Saturday at three.
0: I want to make sure that everything's in place so it can be mm-hmm. what I want it to yeah, be. Yeah, it like takes all of the other stuff out of it. Like the the guesswork and the, yeah, yeah if you just know that it's going to happen. <laughs> I like morning. I think morning is yeah. like... <sighs> I'm I like I go to bed early. Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
1: Like, I love morning sex too. It's like you do it, it's a good way to wake up. You're already mm-hmm. there. You're already naked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're already naked. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah, you're so it's close. Good. Okay. So let's talk about the book and let's talk about sexual intelligence. Let's okay. start there. So what is your sex IQ?
1: Okay. So it's a great question. So when I was writing this book, I realized like I'm gonna spend like almost two decades of work all in this book, and I realized that like I have a lot of those tips in there. And, and I was just writing it. I thought, you know, I, I really want people, because a lot of people want like a quick fix when it comes to their sex life. They're like, well, what's, what's the toy to buy? Or what's the lube to buy? Or what's the sex position? And I realized like we have to all look at it as a, our sexual challenges as a holistic, it's a ho- holistic solution to your sex life, your sex IQ. And I also have a quiz that people could take on the site to realize like to look at where they kind of can improve their their sex IQ right now. But what it is, is looking at these elements of your sex life and looking at how they impact your overall well-being so a lot of people think that sex is something that we just sort of it's sort of the the stepchild of the wellness industry in a way it's kind of moving inward now but Mm -hmm. but so the things i'm going to say right now and explain to you your sex iq might be like oh i didn't realize all those things were related because a lot of people don't they're like either i'm in the mood or i'm not in the mood and i don't know why so sex iq are there's five pillars it's a new paradigm for thinking about your sexual health There's five pillars. And the first one is embodiment. And that's just like, how do I move my body? Am I in my body right now? Like I think about like a pole dancing class I took where I realized that that was all about like the S curves of your body. So that's like one way or just like dancing, moving your body is a way of being embodied. The second one is health. Your overall health and wellness, your mental health, your physical health, you know, realizing like, are you moving your body? You're gonna have more blood flow. Orgasm arousal is about blood flow. If we're not moving our bodies and we're not like, you're not gonna be as aroused and turned on. Also your mental health, you know, if you're on any medications, if you're doing anything that could impact your ability to be roused and turned on. So these are all the things about being sex that you have to like monitor these areas for looking at your, you know, how sexually intelligent you are. And here's the thing. You never get to a point where you can check it off the list that you're totally like, I'm reached this level 10. It's constantly shifting over time. So these are just things to look at. The next one is is self-knowledge. I know, like I said, like if I, how well do we know ourselves and what's going to turn us on? Like I know that if it goes from zero to penetration in in five seconds, I'm not going to be ready for sex. Like I know that about myself. I need to make out. I might need some oral sex. I might need the candles. You know, if the house, like I said, if the house is cold. It's a mess. I'm not going to want sex. So I know that about myself, and I'm not going to try to fit my sex into this place where it's just not going to work. And then there's self acceptance. And this is a challenging one. This is like, do I accept my body for where it's at right now? Do I accept myself, my sexual knowledge up into the, where I'm at? It's actually how much, how many partners I've had or how much experience I've had. Like right now, do I accept, do I have confidence in where I'm at? And I give a lot of tips in the book and tools so people can, you know, because I know we struggle in all these areas so we can feel better in our bodies. And the last one's collaboration. Like How well do I communicate with my partner and talk to them about my needs and my wants in my bedroom? And that's a big one for people. So you could have all the areas you're like, well, I'm working out. I'm taking supplements. I'm moving my body. I'm accepting that my boobs aren't what they once were. I'm (laughs) accepting that my ass looks a little bit different. Okay. But I'm so pissed at my partner right now for, you know, not showing up for me in the way I've needed them to the last year. That's going to be the area of your sexual IQ that you're going to need to work on so you can be more aroused,
0: turned on, feel sexual, and ready for, you know, pleasure. Mm -hmm. Do you think that, like, bad sex or just not connecting with somebody sexually despite trying all these different things and you feel like you have all of these pillars together, like, is that a deal breaker
1: in a relationship? If you you don't feel hot and turned on for them. Mm -hmm. Did you at the beginning?
0: Mm -hmm. If you didn't at the beginning.
1: Okay, so I remember all the time, like, oh, you know what? We're not hot for my partner. And I'm like, how was it at the beginning? If it was really hot at the beginning and and then we could kind of trace back, like, what actually happened? Well, there was this traumatic thing that happened in my life. There was, you know, I got an antidepressant. I, then we could work on it. But if it was never there and you never had the chemistry, it's really hard to kind of build that from nowhere. Does that answer it? Or is mm-hmm. it like, but it's, an, are you saying, but are you, or are you
0: saying, can you get it back if it was there? But time's gone on and you... I'm just kind of anticipating questions from my audience. <laughs> and I'm thinking of, you know, people, again, maybe back to like that long-term relationship. And I'm thinking of past episodes that I've done solo and with various people who always ask, like, how do you keep the spark alive? Let's, like all of these different things around yeah. that flame kind of mm. dying out. Okay. So let's, yeah, kind of different it scenarios. Yeah. Different
1: scenarios, but how you keep it hot? Then should we, do I mean like, how do you keep it yeah. hot? Okay. So the first thing is, you have to feel comfortable talking about it. Like I said, like you know where you're at sexually, know like what turns you on. We're responsible for our own pleasure and our own desire. So we there's something called responsive desire, right? There's spontaneous desire where I think like for men, many times we see like, he sees you walk across the room, he has an erection, he's ready to go. Mm-hmm. But for women, we respond more to incoming stimuli to something happening. So... You know, knowing that, like, how do I work with my partner to let them know that I need some dirty talk, I need oral sex, I need other things to happen to keep it interesting? So, understanding, like, hack that. A great place for couples to start is: what are they asking each other? What are the three most memorable times you've ever had sex? And then you kind of work. You know, there's so much information there in that. You're like, oh, it was that time we were on vacation, or it's. You know that time that was kind of a surprise. It was the kind that you went down to me for thirty minutes. So there's a lot of information there to kind of work back and think of like what what does make it hot? What did make it great? And also like I have a lot of tools too, like the yes no maybe list. I have a guide of like eighty different sex acts that you can look at with your partner and say like I know that it hasn't been as hot lately, and we've been because it can happen every couple. But let's try to think of what we can do. So the yes no maybe list has like eighty things, and you can download that for free on my website. It's at sexwithemily.com. And people love this. It's like literally the most downloaded thing I've ever done because it gives you every sex act. And it goes things from cuddling to spanking to kissing to to using toys. And you can sit there and it's like a fun game you play together. Like it's is it a yes, is it a no, or is it a maybe? And then couples can look at Then you have a whole list of things. You're like, I didn't know that you wanted to. You know, spank me, and I want to be spanked. How great! Like, let's figure out ways to do that. It really is about the novelty and the newness, and and I get that you are like, "Oh my god!" But you don't understand. I'm so like I can't say the sight of them. Like if we're talking about that, <laughs> I mean, I just know that it's, it's if you stop having sex, your roommates. Yeah. If you stop having it is important, even when we don't feel like it, and it's mm-hmm. kind of like when I think about it, it's like going to the gym you know how like the hardest part about going to the gym is sometimes getting your shoes on and getting out the door? Mm -hmm. And then once you get there and you get on the treadmill, you get in your class, you're like, oh, you never regret working out. Mm -hmm. I think that most people can agree to that. I also believe that you never regret having sex. Mm-hmm. It's just getting to the sex. So what this entire book is about, my entire career has been about, is get is not, and it's a, there's a million t- sex acts, the sex things you can do, but how do you hack that? How do you get to the place where the sex is happening? Because sex begets sex. The more mm-hmm. sex you have, the more sex you're going to want. The more you masturbate, the more you even talk about sex. Like, I know in my relationships too, the more we like, talk about sex and keep it top of mind or we sometimes i'm just like let's just watch some porn together like let's just and not always like people assume that i'm like always swinging from the rafters and i've got 100 (laughs) toys out like sometimes i'm just like i know it's important and we need to have sex and like let's do it but i feel so much better so if you can kind of reverse engineer this in your mind and think like okay i know that it's important i don't want to divorce my partner i don't want to break up with them i've got to figure out a way to do all the things that I can to make sure that we are sexually healthy. And you can do these things with your partner, too. Because what I hear a lot from couples is there's one partner who's trying to save the sex life. They're the one that's coming to all the answers, but you're in it together, Mm -hmm. right? It's a partnership. Mm -hmm. It's a sexual partnership as well.
0: Mm -hmm. I have been in Mexico for the past week eating all the things, tacos, chips, guac, salsa, churros, you name it. And I was actually just thinking about how nice it is to be able to travel and eat whatever I want without having to worry about bloating or digestive issues. And also like not have to think about if I'm nourishing my body with all those vital micronutrients and vitamins and minerals, because sometimes you just want a vacation from it all. And this is all largely thanks to my AG1. So this is like the ultimate wellness and ultimate travel hack. I've been saying this for a long time, but here's why. Every scoop of AG1 is packed with 75 vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and whole food sourced ingredients of high quality that give me major benefits like gut and mood support, boosted energy, and even healthier looking skin, hair, and nails. So it's really this foundational all-in-one nutrition formula that makes it really easy to cover my nutritional bases every day. I started taking this a couple years ago for gut health primarily, which is how AG1 came to be. The founder was having a lot of gut issues, was taking a ton of different supplements with no success. And so this is kind of the one thing that does all of the things. I love it when I travel. The travel packs make it so easy. Instead of having to pack a lot of different supplements, you can just do one pack a day of AG1 with some water in the morning and then you can go out and enjoy your life. So if you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash files. That's drinkag1.com slash Blonde Files. Check it out. I don't know about you, but one of the things that I look forward to the most in the summer is getting to do all of my favorite indoor things outside. So sharing meals, watching movies, taking a nap outside on a chaise lounge or sofa, everything is better al fresco. And the best way to make your outdoor space really work for you is with Articles. So Articles Curated Catalog of Outdoor Furniture is here to help you do all your favorite things this summer. They have everything you need to really make things your own from outdoor sofas to dining sets to decor. They have a really flexible range of styles, which means that you can really do more with the space you've got and really tailor it to your own style. And that's one of my favorite things about Article, this range of styles from like mid-century modern to coastal to industrial, Scandi, and boho. So you can kind of mix and match and really individualize the look that you are going for. You guys probably know I talk about these all the time, but I got the Gabriola ivory boucle chairs last year. I've never gotten so many compliments on furniture in my life. And the whole process was so seamless and there are so many things that i've been eyeing but then every time that i check article they have new amazing things so i have not narrowed down i'm really loving the outdoor furniture they have really beautiful shades, lounges right now sectionals they have amazing tables so go check them out they offer fast affordable shipping across the u.s and canada and they won't leave you waiting around so you can pick the delivery time and they will send you updates every step of the way so right now article is offering my listeners $50 $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com/slash blonde and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com/slash blonde for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. How do I ask my boss for a raise? I'm so jealous of my coworker's promotion, I just don't know what to do. Is there a good way to brag about my accomplishments? Careers are complicated, and there are so many hush-hush topics we're told we can't talk about. That's why you have the Career Contessa podcast. I'm your host, Laura McGoodwin, and each week I'm joined by experts to help you overcome your workplace woes with actionable advice that you can use today. Subscribe to the Career Contessa podcast and make progress in your career every Tuesday. How do you discern between doing it for the sake of the relationship and... You know, to your analogy, just lacing up your shoes and going for it and really not wanting to do it. Like I'm I'm just thinking of people saying, like, well, I shouldn't have to do something if I don't want to, like that okay. argument, which is valid, but where's totally the line valid. there between like okay. doing it for the sake of the relationship and then also I don't want to say protecting yourself, but but it's like a- honoring your your whatever you're feeling in Yeah, that no, moment. it's a great
1: question because I'm not saying just take one for the team or you got to give him, the you know, give him a blowjob on his birthday, like all these conversations. I mean, sometimes. Like, sometimes. <laughs> Maybe a birthday and another time of year. But I get it, but this is how women, because I know, this is this is how we, I'm going to say I don't often speak in I'm like women and men, we all have the yeah. same challenges after all these years, but let me just like talk about women for a second. It's like, It's really hard for us to keep our desire arousal. and One of the reasons I started this career is like my sex I was having was performative. I was doing it with my partner. I was moving in the way I thought was hot. I was faking the orgasms, all the things. But once I realized that sex was about really about my pleasure and my arousal and the more I figured out what actually made me feel sexy. And I I, and that all came through like breathwork, embodiment, somatic therapy of connecting my body to my brain, which was so disconnected. I was disassociated. I had trauma, a lot of things. I had to do that work. And it's like fun work. Actually, I started realizing that sex actually was important and it's important for me to connect to myself. And then once I was able to kind of take it away from just in a partnership and about what that it was important to me, then I was able to kind of make sense of how it fit into a relationship. I sort of like, that's some really important work to do first is mm-hmm. to realize that like I... There's a lot of things that are blocking us. And I talk about this in the book, but pleasure thieves. Stress, trauma, and shame are the three things that is keeping us from pleasure. And if we have a lot of stress in our life and we are in fight or flight all the time, which many of us are, your sex life is going to go out the window and it's going to be really hard to get it back. Mm -hmm. If we're not connected to our body, if we're on certain medications, if we have untreated trauma, any kind of big T, little T trauma, we haven't had therapy, we haven't done any of our work, and then we have shame. If we grew up in an environment where sex wasn't okay, and we were told that if we were sexual or we masturbated or we had sex outside of marriage, we still carry that with us. Mm-hmm. We st- if we grew up in a place where it wasn't okay, that is still with us in our bedroom in our 20s and our 30s and our 40s. And so this is all the this is a lot of it that we have to do. And I don't want it to make it seem like it's another friggin' thing to do. But if you're already, and I know people listening to your show and in this you know you talk about this all the time about healing and, and 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 your sobriety and working on yourself and meditation like try to bring your sexual life your sexual stuff under this umbrella of what mm-hmm. you're already doing because it's a part of it if you think of it as like an outlier it's gonna just snap back or one day you're gonna feel it It just doesn't work that way so mm-hmm. i really try to invite people to sort of bring it into what you're already doing
0: mm-hmm. yeah i mean sexual wellness is wellness and what did you say before about the wellness you said sexual today it's the it's it's a big part
1: your sexual health your sexual health is a huge part of your overall wellness okay and that it's integral part of your wellness if you're if you are not if you are not sexually healthy you're not going to be healthy overall Mm -hmm. you don't really think about the. it's like not just like oh i'm just gonna like fake it till I make it or grin and bear it, like that's impacting every area of your life. We mm-hmm. you need like an orgasm and arousal and desire. It's really part about, helps us with our, you know, spikes, our serotonin, our dopamine. It's part of being mentally well, mentally healthy. So we can't just ignore it and run from it and healing your, your, tra- your trauma and your shame around it is going to be a, a big part of it and mm-hmm. keeping sex top of mind. I mean, a lot of us kind of put it on the back burner and hope it's going to come back and it doesn't come back. Mhm. So, paying mm-hmm. attention to it and giving it the you know, giving it the attention and the focus that it
0: deserves mm-hmm. is really important. I feel like just this is definitely an over generalization, but in this country I feel like we do have this kind of like puritanical attitude we around do. sex. So, I think even if you didn't grow up religious and even if sex wasn't quote-unquote bad, like I think there is still this element of shame attached to it. And then if people feel like maybe they're not giving their partner what they need or or they're not satisfied in any way or they're not having enough sex or they're having too much, like it's just so loaded. It's so loaded. You're <laughs> absolutely right. Our culture is so we have so much and
1: it's confusing. It's like be sexy, but not too sexy, yes. you know, like be aggressive, but not too much show skin, but not too much skin. Women get so many mixed messages mm-hmm. about how to be sexual. And, and then there's just the shame and culture is just, it's confusing. Cause even young girls are like, Oh, I have to be sexy, but and we don't even really understand what sex means. So that's why the work is like internal work and healing your relationship to sex. And I also talk a lot about that, like where the shame comes from and like how to like, how to just start to reprogram your brain around sex and realize that these messages that are coming in from society or from the church or wherever I grew up are, I remember those messages coming, but they no longer serve me. I get to decide what feels good to me and what it means to be a sexual being and what it means to be sexually healthy. And I just want you to know that like, it's okay that the majority of people have grown up with messages around sex that don't serve them and aren't true. In fact, a lot of the knowledge we have around sex is just not true. Like when you asked me early on about like orgasms, like most women every single day, and the reason why I brought that up, like they, they feel broken because they can't orgasm during penetration or they feel bad that they're not turned on at the drop of a hat. And all of this goes back to misinformation and repression of female sexual desire since the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. So there just hasn't been a lot of space or permission for women to feel safe in their bodies and to feel sexual, Mm -hmm. to ask for what they want, to know what they want. Mm -hmm. And I remember I used to just, like I said, the guy I... just expect that my partner would know and whatever they wanted was okay and so again this is the work it's like what is my turn-ons and when you think about it it's kind of fun like especially if you take time to like on your own like watch some porn or get some toys or just sort of think about it like what do I actually like what feels good to me because that is the sexiest thing to a partner yes you know and to yourself you're like this is what I want I didn't
0: know for years I was like
1: whatever you like does this feel good I'm like yeah I think so
0: (laughs) whatever you want you know, well, it's so funny because I feel like a lot of people fall into that performative sex kind of habit, but yeah, I would imagine that the sexiest thing to see like in the person that you're having sex with is them deriving pleasure yes. from whatever is happening. Like I definitely feel that way, mm-hmm. you know. I'm like more turned on by seeing that person like experiencing pleasure than and not in a performative way, but right. but you want to see that there's the like the give and the take of it all. I yeah, think. exactly. It's really really hot, and what's something,
1: it, it is hard to see your part. And you want to know that you're giving them pleasure and they're mm-hmm. giving you pleasure. Another tip that I love for couples if they can get over this the masturbation part. like mutual masturbation is mm-hmm. so hot, mm-hmm. and I have a lot of I have a lot of tools for that too. But I'm just saying that like you. Get over the fact that everyone should be masturbating, whether you're in a relationship or out of a relationship. Please continue to self-love and take care of yourself because your body changes over time. Maybe you don't know what feels good to you or what you used to like five years ago, you know, you don't like now and you got to figure it out. But together, say like, let's just like, not only is it really hot to watch your partner getting off and see what they do, but you're also learning. You're like, oh, I like I heard my partner once I'm like, oh, you put your hand when you're giving yourself you know, uh, hand job or you're masturbating yourself, your hands went up and over the tip and your Mm -hmm. hands are on your balls. Well, note to self, (laughs) next time I'm there, I'm touching your balls or I'm putting my hand over your tip. You know, like, let's like learn from each other. And there's also not the pressure of like, sometimes you just don't want penetration or you don't Mm -hmm. want all that, but you want to still be intimate with your partner and orgasms are really healthy. They're good for your mental health and your well-being. So... I recommend it. Huge
0: mm-hmm. fan. <laughs> mm-hmm. What happens to your body? Like you mentioned serotonin, and I would imagine for women, oxytocin.
1: Oxytocin, the cuddle hormone when you have an orgasm. Oxytocin's it really the is, best. Oxytocin's <laughs> the best, right? Yeah. I mean, after orgasm, we have oxytocin. After pleasure, dopamine, serotonin, like really all of those connective hormones and feel good chemicals are just raging after we connect with our partner and we cuddle and we kiss. And so a lot of times we're avoiding sex. Because it's so fraught with this, like, okay, maybe we have pain. You know, 80% of women have pain during sex at some point in their life. And some women have it all the time. And we don't have to live with pain. I mean, that's a whole nother conversation about how you don't have to live with it. But also, like, you don't, if it is that, we have to solve for the pain. But maybe it's just not penetration, but it's touch or it's kissing or it's making out. Maybe it's massage. Like, I got a massage table and we just kind of, like sometimes it's just my partner gives me a massage and then the next night I'll give him a massage and maybe it turns into sex and maybe it's only 20 minutes but it's a way of receiving without having to give. Mm. And then he gives and then I, you know, and I'm receiving and we just sort of, I don't know, I just want people to play with what you've been told sex is which is like one time a week, in and out, penetration, roll over, go to sleep, we did it, check it off the list to like, it's a whole erotic experience that's, just really fun and pleasurable and I just want people to like like rethink what they believe sex to be and give them a whole much more inspiration for pleasure Mm
0: -hmm. that's why I like that survey of yours though about like the different sex acts because I feel like it eliminates the shame like you don't have to be the one coming up with right. it and you can just be like oh look what do you think about this i feel like that's such a good bridge mm-hmm. to start with to I open love that it. conversation yeah exactly because it, it's like i
1: the yes no maybe is great i have some other like tools it's like i i feel that i get that it's awkward and i get it's uncomfortable and i get i'm asking people a lot to say like talk about it so i just try to like give you all the tools you need mm-hmm. so it's less awkward mm-hmm.
0: Welcome June to the Blonde Files Podcast. I'm your host, so Ariel Laurie, and acne. I'm here to talk all More things million wellness, million from Americans, how to achieve optimal health unreal, and clear And to those of us who have struggled no with this, topic no top acne, acne is often doesn't Just affect I know there's your so much out there, so really I'm undermine your confidence and, and make you feel alone. You guys probably know if you've been following me at least since last year that I started dealing with this last summer out of the blue, and it was very frustrating and it did affect so many different areas of my life and navigating it can be really difficult and that's where face reality comes in with their award-winning acne treatment program dedicated to giving you visible results in 90 days so their clear skin method is a unique combination of professional grade products and dedicated guidance from a certified acne expert This is huge because when you're trying to navigate it on your own, you're following what other people have done, possibly buying a lot of different products that aren't necessarily right for you. So having somebody help to walk you through it is so imperative. Some of their products are the sulfur spot treatment. This features 6% sulfur and an innovative peptide to quickly soothe angry acne blemishes. And the transparent application allows you to spot treat on the sly so you can keep it on all day. And then they have this amazing daily SPF 30. So it's a lightweight, broad spectrum sunscreen that provides antioxidant support and it won't clog your pores like a lot of other sunscreens will. It's moisturizing. Sheer application makes it an excellent choice for daily wear, even under makeup. And they have a whole selection of acne safe products that are shoppable on the face reality website. So you can partner with an acne expert near you to get started on a full-time routine, including acne fighting serums and treatments. So visit facerealityskincare.com and you can take their skin quiz and choose a certified acne expert near you to jumpstart your way to clear skin. Again, that's facerealityskincare.com. When you look at bags of dog food, you probably see pictures of bright carrots and juicy steaks. But then when you open the bag, all you get are these burnt, smelly pellets. So dog food needs some fresh thinking. And that is where the farmer's dog comes in. It's real, fresh, healthy food with whole meat and veggies, gently cooked in human-grade kitchens to preserve their nutritional value. So basically, you... Just tell the farmer's dog about your dog and they will deliver personalized, vet-developed recipes for as little as... $2 a day. Also the meals arrive in pre-portioned ready to serve packs conveniently delivered on your schedule. They also give you text updates. The farmer's dog is great about letting you customize how often your dog receives new food and you get text alerts and everything along the way. So it's super helpful, which I really appreciate. I know exactly when Harvey's food is coming. You never have to worry about running out of food and it's just so convenient dog people all across the country have ordered millions of meals from the farmer's dog it's really never been easier to invest in your dog's health with fresh food so right now you can get 50 percent off your first box of fresh healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash blonde plus you will get free shipping just go to thefarmersdog.com slash blonde what were some of the things that really helped you? I mean, we talked about the five pillars. Maybe we could dive into those a little bit more, but you mentioned like mindfulness and meditation and somatic therapy Mm -hmm. and breath work. And you wouldn't necessarily think to connect those dots. So maybe you could expand on some of those or if there were any other things that you did that helped you with your own sexuality that Mm. people wouldn't necessarily think of. Yeah, it's a great question. So for me, definitely my mindfulness work
1: meditation was a big one learning because what kind of of meditation do you like i like so i did vipassana meditation many years ago the silent like 10 day silent retreats but then i did tm which Mm -hmm. i know you also do tm and i think tm was so helpful for me because it gave me permission that it doesn't be perfect and it could just be 20 minutes and if it's 10 minutes that's fine too and i i just i just love any Mm -hmm. kind of meditation that gives you even if it's a minute or two, it's mm-hmm. all fine. So I like that. And I like breath work is also a game changer and also breathwork for me with a partner. So what happens a lot, you can relate to this, but sex gets going. And I felt like I had to go along with it because it just started. I didn't know it was okay to ever stop sex or readjust or sort of roll back and say, let's stop for a second thought that if sex started it was like illegal to stop it i was like it's gonna hurt my partner like i can't you can't like it was pla- blue balls which are not a thing <laughs> by the way they're not a thing blue <laughs> balls are not a thing so then i realized like sometimes with my partner and i encourage people to do this all the time it's like okay wait can we it's going too fast or i'm not in the mood let's stop and we'll just stop and we'll We'll literally look into each other's eyes, and this is what tantra is. Everyone, you don't have to go like study with Sting and go take like, <laughs> courses and spend twenty hours doing this stuff. But you could literally be a five minute reset. What has been a game changer for me is taking, is resetting, saying like, let's just take five deep breaths together. Your you know exhales are a little bit longer than your inhales, and we'll look and we'll just stare into each other's eye. We'll just do a little eye gaze. And sometimes, if you just want to start with the eye gaze, you'll find that your breath starts to sync up. Hmm. And when you're doing that, number one, you're completely connected to your partner. All your worries, kind of all your anxieties about do I want to be sex or sexual, do I not, sort of melt away because you are presence. Presence can't live in the state of anxiety and worry and stress. Mm-hmm. Just can't. And when you're looking in someone's eyes and you're breathing, it just sort of plants you there in that moment. And then, they, so I would say that to me has been just a game changer for me sexually also and then telling my partner about that too and saying like let's reset can we breathe for a minute and stopping and you realize like they they're they're happy to ground too maybe they were off somewhere feeling like they have to please so then you get to start again because the reason why and again this is why meditation is important for so many areas of your life but what i hear from so many people is they are so in their head during sex that they're so am i doing it right Am I going to orgasm? Are they going to orgasm? Can they tell my, you know, but my left boob is bigger than my right boob. All the thoughts. So another tip for that is to, and I I do this too, is that to think about the five senses and this works for a lot of stressful situations, but especially in the bedroom, if you find that your mind is just so wrapped up in, or I didn't send that last email to my boss or whatever it is. If you think about your five senses and you're just like, and this is a a practice to remember to do this in the bedroom. So everyone can try this like tonight, next time you're having sex. Think about you're in your head, you're tripping, you're like, what is it? Go, what am I seeing right now? Okay, I'm like seeing my partner's like beautiful chest. I'm looking at their, I'm looking at their skin, my hands on my partner's chest, look at his muscles, they look amazing. Something you're what am I? What am I hearing? Like, okay, I'm hearing that music. It's my favorite playlist. I'm still so I'm playing that. What am I smelling? Oh, it's my favorite vanilla candle. And then, once you loop in your senses again? You can't. Your presence of your senses cannot. It stops the noise. You can't be in your head, and it grounds you with where you're at in the moment. So that's another. And I think that that has probably been the most helpful thing for me. And learning to connect with my body and my sensations in my body, and learning to like kind of connect that back to a partner, and giving myself permission to take time to get aroused and time to get into the mood and connect with my body every time I have
0: sex. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you get this question a lot, and I know that there's no right answer, but how often should people be having sex? (laughs) Or how long do you think is too long to go without connecting, knowing that, you know, there are circumstances people or have new babies or they're traveling or whatever. But what do you think is like under the umbrella of quote-unquote normal i love this question
1: i'm like people like you want a number don't you I'm like, yeah. just want a number. <laughs> I'm like i'm not gonna tell you that you have to be having sex like 2.3 times a week but what i will tell you is that once a month isn't enough for most couples like that's not gonna be enough and i think that in every couple there's a high desire partner and a low desire partner and so if i could tell you once a week is is pretty average that'd be great but but typically it's not when there's someone who wants more and someone who wants less mm-hmm. and th- In every relationship, that's the matchup, high and low. So for that couple in the relationship, they need to decide how many times a week works for them. And once they decide that, then they can say, well, how are we going to fit that in? If it's two times a week or three times a week or... you know, what, what do, then you get to like troubleshoot and say, okay, well, we know it's Saturday mornings or we know in the mornings and we know it's gonna be one night a week. And you people are going, like, that is not hot. That is not sexy. But it's really, it's how you're going to get your needs met and how you're going to make sure that you connect with your partner at, the, at, a, at a rate that feels good to both of you. And yes, when you have kids, I just want to give you permission, like, it's okay if it's not happening for a while. And doctors say six weeks, But it might be a little bit longer than that. Mm -hmm. And you can still have intimacy then. You can still connect. You can still maybe do some like oral or some hand stuff, hand play. But I also want to say that women just get, it's really, really tricky because they feel added pressure. Like I just Mm -hmm. had a kid and now I'm like a human came out of my body and now I should be able to just go off and have (laughs) sex right now. Like that's just not the case for many. Mm -hmm. So giving yourself permission. But I would say, yeah, you know, make sure you're having it at the right rate that feels
0: good to both of you. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about anal. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> let's people jump, love jump anal. into it's that. Big, yeah, it's a big question. Yeah, you're rebranding anal, so let's talk about it. Yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> oh, anal. Anal gets such a bad rap. First off, because first off, for many women, anal has been a thing that's like, first of all, it's the most taboo. I think. People yeah. Go, oh God, anal. Well, I'm going to save it for a marriage. or I'm not going <laughs> to do it. Or a lot of people had a really bad experience with it, mm-hmm. Well, not on purpose, but their partner might have you know, whoops wrong hole or Mm -hmm. they were really drunk in college and there was no lube. And the reason why his anal is so painful for so many is because it's just not done in the appropriate way. Mm -hmm. It's really not. I mean, and the right way is to build up to it, play around with it, go, I mean, here's my top tips for it is go slow, breathe, and use a lot of lube Mm -hmm. no matter what kind of anal it is. But you want to build, you want to like not go from zero to anal either. You want to, use some fingers you want to explore maybe use a toy but also like just make sure that anal you know, for all like anal for men and for women like everyone with an anus like anal sex feels great but mm-hmm. it's just it's just a bunch packed with nerve endings that feel amazing but it and and make sure that you are you know clean and ready to go and i give a lot of those setup tools but i think there i would just re-examine your relationship with it if mm-hmm. you've never had it or you had a bad experience I want to remind people that every time you have sex with someone or you're with a new partner, is a time to start again with your sex life? It doesn't have to be what happened in the past and bring into this future one. Like, that's the great thing about experience. Again, I'll bring it back to work out. Every time you work out, it doesn't matter what happened yesterday. It doesn't matter what happened a week ago, but you're there. You're in the gym. You're about to go for your run, your bike ride, whatever, your yoga class. And if the same thing goes for sex, you get to start again. You get to, you're with a new partner or the same partner. But what's going to happen today that we're going to do differently so we can connect in the most beautiful way? And if it's like, you know, I am interested in anal, but I want to just go slow. I want to use it. So I recommend that you always use lube and you just... Yeah. No matter what sexual situation, but especially with especially with anal, and you could just start on the outside. There's mm-hmm. lots of nerve. Use a finger and just kind of trace around the external the opening, and maybe put a little finger inside. And you say like breathe, and you ask your partner how it feels. You know, or maybe when you're masturbating, you explore on yourself. So it's not for everybody, but it's for a lot more people than than mm-hmm. we think.
0: What does skincare for down there look like for? you chances are you're probably using fragranced bar soaps and body washes to cleanse your vulva which is maybe doing more harm than good that's why love wellness is on a mission to make vaginal care simpler safer and more effective than what we were once used to They formulate products without parabens, sulfates, fragrances, or any other harsh ingredients that may disrupt your vaginal pH and dry out the skin. And based on their over 50,000 five-star reviews, Love Wellness is essential intimate care. Not sure where to start? Kick off your vaginal care routine with their pH Balancing Cleanser. Unlike ordinary cleansers, this gentle cleanser is specifically designed for your vulva and made with safe hydrating ingredients like aloe vera and calendula. Soothe and nourish your vulva and bikini area with their new comfy cream. It's a fragrance-free moisturizer. It is a cleaner, safer take on body lotion made to protect your most sensitive skin. Love Wellness believes caring for your vagina shouldn't be complicated. Their science-backed, doctor-developed solutions make feeling your best the simple. Visit lovewellness.com and use the code BLONDE15 at checkout for 15% off your first purchase. That's dot com, and use the code BLONDE15 for 15% off your first order. Whenever I share my nighttime magnesium latte on Instagram, it goes crazy and it's so interesting. I get that people want to sleep better and feel relaxed and all of that, but I think about why it seems to connect with so many people. And I think it's because it is this little ritual that brings me so much joy. And I think we're all kind of craving those moments throughout our days, like not dissimilar to that cup of coffee or matcha in the morning that you look forward to. Like that's how my shut chai magnesium latte feels at night. I look forward to it all day. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, shut chai is a nighttime latte blend from Ned. It contains magnesium, L-theanine, my favorite calming amino acid. It also has GABA, which is my other favorite. And it also has adaptogens, functional mushrooms. So really the best ingredients out there wrapped in this heavenly masala chai inspired spiced body. So think cinnamon, clove, ginger, all that good stuff. And it doesn't just set you up for amazing sleep. It has ingredients like chaga, reishi, and ashwagandha that are really deeply nourishing to your body. So you're getting a lot of additional benefits. As with all of Ned's products, it's crafted from the highest grade single origin ingredients. It's ethically sourced from some of the world's best small scale farms, and it will help calm your nervous system, nourish your senses, and send you peacefully off to dreamland. So in the winter, I make this with either hot water or warm or hot nut milk. But right now, since we're kind of in the summer, warmer nights, I don't necessarily want to drink something hot. So I make this in a similar way that I make my morning matcha. So I mix the shut I Chai powder with a little bit of macadamia milk and a little bit of honey and I blend it up and I just keep it in my fridge in these little bottles. Like I'm basically a baby with my bottle at night and it's so good and so nourishing. And it does not contain CBD, obviously no caffeine, no melatonin. You're not groggy the next day. You're just super rested. So discover how Shut eye Chai can revolutionize your sleep and get 15% off with the code BLONDE. Go to helloned.com slash BLONDE Or enter the code BLONDE at checkout. This will also take you to a page with some of my other favorite NED products. So check it out. That's H-E-L-L-O N-E-D dot com slash BLONDE to get 15% off. Why do you think it is so taboo? I think it's just been, you know, religion.
1: I think that Mm. we're told it's for exiting and Mm -hmm. not for entering. I think it's for especially for like a lot of people think that like if a man a, a man who's straight has any anal play it means he's gay it just mm-hmm. means that he has a prostate <laughs> it doesn't mean that it just means that he wants to explore something that can feel amazing to him so I think it's just again a lot of misinformation but I think a lot of it started with p- policing the gay community I think was part of it but also for just because they, they think that it's just sort of that other the other whole it's misunderstood and yeah I think that's why but I again all of these things that are like taboo and. It comes from society. It doesn't come from actual experience, and that's what like I want to ground people in that that's that you're responsible, which is exciting, for figuring out what makes you feel good. So, just no matter what society says or what you've had in the past, what do you actually want? Like, mm-hmm. I just want to give people the tools and a menu, like, and the and the steps and how to figure out like, do I like it? I don't know. I don't care if it's like shameful or taboo or anything like that, or if the society believes that what do I want? Because my invitation is for people just to kind of explore again. Like there's a reason why sex is hyped. Like sex is supposed to be fucking great and Mm -hmm. amazing and fun and orgasmic and playful, but we make it so heavy and so hard and so painful and so scary. And so once we get rid of all the pleasure thieves, the things that are stealing us and we have a blank slate with either a new partner or with ourselves, we can rebrand it and recreate it to be whatever it is. Again, with every sex act going slow, using lube, breathing and communicating is going to change the game.
0: Mhm. Another thing that's kind of taboo or maybe yeah, I guess it's just loaded like everything else where I think people have shame around it but our toys. Like I mm. think I saw you do a post on it where I don't know if you or somebody in the comments said like that sometimes a partner feels insecure if you bring toys into the situation because they feel like, oh, they're not doing their job right. And you're like, no, toys are our allies. Toys are our allies. (laughs) Toys are your BFF. Yeah. Oh, my God. guys, toys
1: is just, it's just, I think that we feel threatened by anything else than that's a penis and a vagina Mm -hmm. or, you know, going and that's creating orgasm. But it's like, it's your team. It's part of your team. It's like, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of different ways to have, to have pleasure or to have an orgasm you're know, thinking about like going to work, like you could walk to work, you could take the bus to work, you could, you know, drive to work and you're going to you're going to get to the office, but there's a lot of different ways to get there. Like you're going to have an orgasm and you could do it, but there's nothing that's inferior. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's additive. And the other thing I want to say is like, remind, remember this, toys are for penises too. And mm-hmm. once I've learned to like, and I've had partners like that too, Like even though like what I do for a living, like are you sure we don't need toys? We don't, I'm like, I'll get a new toy and I'll like maybe put it in my hand. Like a lot of toys are just really cute and adorable, and you place in the palm of your hand. I'm like, well, let me show you this new toy I got, and then I'll take them. Like I'll wrap it on their balls or their shaft. Like, oh wow, that feels amazing. Because remember, we are covered in feel good nerve endings. and mm-hmm. when we stimulate them with a vibrator or a mouth or a lube or a wetness, it feels great when stimulated. So I would just say, expand your mind. Your partner's not going to leave you for a vibrator. Like it can't cuddle or take you to the farmer's market or anything like that. Like, it's just <laughs> additive. And I've found that once people get over that, they can't live without the toys. They're like, mm-hmm. bring that toy with you. Like, I know with me, with partners, like, yes, every time. <laughs> I loved it. You liked it. You felt good.
0: Uh huh. Okay, so I was going to play devil's advocate though and say, <laughs> what if somebody is listening to this and they're like, yes, I want to explore my sexuality and learn about what feels good and try new things with my partner. And the partner is just like resistant, defensive, feeling inferior to what you were saying before, feeling judged, and they are just like coming up against a, mm-hmm. a brick wall. What would you recommend to oh, that, that it's couple? That's a great question. I, I think that,
1: I think it's about how you bring up sex too. So it's a kind of a bummer because most people, like I said, permission, no one ever wanted to be okay where you're at if you've never talked about sex or you're starting to, and it's awkward because most people do not. But if you're coming up against someone who says, I don't want to talk about it. Sex should always be great. There's a problem. Then there's just some more listening to do. There's more like talking about sex without, and I give a lot of, you know tips for this too about how to make these conversations less awkward but you really have to be a great listener and going without an agenda and without making like why don't you talk about sex or I can't believe you're so uptight about it they're never going to listen this is years of trauma and shame that they're bringing to the table and I think if you could be a great listener maybe get curious about their resistance say I understand that talking about it right now is uncomfortable for you but maybe you could tell me more about that like what is it about talking about sex that doesn't feel right to you oh I feel like you know, that you're just gonna shame me, me, or that you don't like me, or you don't like my penis, or you don't like my body. Or, no, no, actually, I hear what you're saying. You think I, but that's, I just wanna be a great lover to you. Would you like to be a great lover for me? I think we, and then you just keep listening and asking questions, and you're gonna find that there's probably some messaging that has nothing to do with you mm-hmm. that they haven't quite tapped into yet, and they haven't quite really thought about. Maybe something happened in childhood where they were told if you ever talk about sex, it means that something's wrong, or if you ever have sex beyond procreation. There's a problem. So we carry all of these messages with us. So just to be kind to a partner and say, like, like let me listen. Let's work on this. And I have to say that if you're with somebody and they still are like, you know, I have them listened to my show, too. And my podcast, Sex with Emily, which is doing for a long time, a lot of couples, I get these emails for years. And they're like, we went on a 12-hour road trip and we listened to your podcast the entire time. And I used to be like, oh, my God, they must have really. That's awesome. But now I realize it is the way that I talk about it is in the way that people hopefully you're talking about it now is I normalize it. I make it like it's like Sonia with a side of orgasms, like a chance mm-hmm. of orgasms. Like it's it shouldn't be shameful, but we don't have the experience of people talking about it. So it immediately, like when we bring up sex sometimes with our partners, they immediately go into fight or flight mm-hmm. because it's so traumatic. And so I would say that most, a lot of people are going to come up against this resistance. So just to say like, I hear what you're saying. It's not like that. Sex is a really important part of our sexual health and wellness. So I don't listen to my podcast, get the book, download, (laughs) you know, get list. try to talk about it. But if your partner is still really resistant and they're like, I won't, I won't, I won't, I think it's a great time for therapy. Mm -hmm. I think getting to the bottom of it because you, we all deserve pleasure. And that's a lot of what I'm just about. Like we, when pleasure is productive, the more pleasure we have in our life. And I don't just mean sex. I mean, like making time for your friends, making time for nature, do the things that you love doing. It's going to inform every other area of your life and help every other area of your life.
0: hmm Yeah, I love that. Favorite position, favorite toy, and favorite lube. Oh, wow. Okay, so I love favorite
1: position. I'd say one of my favorite positions is spooning position. Oh. I love the spoon because mm-hmm. there's room for stimulating my like clitoris. I can use a toy. I can kind of still—you're kind of still in control. Mm-hmm. But I also love missionary. Mm-hmm. But okay, spooning mm-hmm. position. <laughs> oh my god, favorite toy? That's like asking for my favorite <laughs> child. It's so I would have to say all around, I love, I'm gonna just say it. I love the magic wand mini. It's the magic wand's been around for over fifty years. It is so powerful, rechargeable, waterproof. It's mini now. It has a lot of power and I love using it with my partner. Mm-hmm. I also love a couples toy, like a penis ring, because it's a great entry level toy for partners are a great starter toy because it feels great in the penis and the mm-hmm. vagina mm-hmm. And the vulva mm-hmm. and then my favorite lube oh my god i brought you some i brought you playground Ooh. i brought you this Yay. new yeah i love playground lube because i'm a chief sexologist of this company we just launched it with christina aguilera she's mm-hmm. also the president of the one of the founders of it and i love it because it was made with all these feel-good ingredients that are for women made for women by women like stuff that i would like if you and listen we care about the skin on our face. We gotta yes. care about the skin
0: on our vagina. So yeah. it's like a facial for <laughs> your vagina. Amazing. Amazing. Well, I can't wait to try that. Thank you so much for that. Yes. And I'm sure everybody knows where they can find you. You're the OG <laughs> of the podcast. Yeah, world. finding <laughs> sex with <laughs> Emily
1: across the board. Sex mm-hmm. with me everywhere at least my podcast twice a week. You can ask me questions. Please get my new book,
0: Smart Sex. Yay. It's gonna change your life. Take the smart sex quiz. Yeah. Amazing. Thank, Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you.